right, everybody. Welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I'm Paul. And I am Eric. That's right. And we're back here with the third part out of four of our Doom Patrol series. Um, yes. For once in a long while, we're covering something that's actually coming out. So we'll enjoy that while it lasts. Yeah, it's been a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, we actually kind of, I think we planned or paced it out almost perfectly. Yeah, it's the season. This week is the season finale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that on purpose. Oh, nice. Yeah, because yeah, no, so, that was good planning. So this, yeah, this week we're going to be doing issues thirty-one through thirty-five of the comic book, uh, and then we're going to be talking about um, episodes four, five, and six of the TV show season two of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're going to be covering today, and then, like you said, that'll leave it off perfectly. Where next episode we can cover the final three episodes of the season. Yeah, like, right when the finale airs. Yep. So that that'll be our finale, and then I don't know when we'll be covering another ongoing adaptation for a while after that. Yeah, it's probably going to be a while because there's a release date on that Wonder Woman movie. But like, how many times has that been pushed? Right, back that's what already? I'm saying. Like it's like mid or like early October, and I'm yeah. like, I don't believe you. No, I don't believe it at all. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll have to see. But I mean, luckily we just started this podcast. We've got a lot of like shit to cover, so we got room to. Oh yeah, there's a lot in the backlog. I think what we're going to be doing after our Doom Patrol series, I think me and you have talked about. It, I think we're going to start a little X Men thing, like a little yeah, two parter for sure. Um, so the schedule is still open. If you want to leave a request, like we uh, do have the Patreon over at Patreon.com/slash/AgentsOfComicBooks. So schedule is wide open like i said we have all of our big plans are gone oh yeah um at least for now so we got (laughs) lots of open real estate there um so you can request episodes there if you'd like Uh, also if you want to follow us on twitter i just want to call this out uh just so that way people know we're over at agents of podcast over on twitter because that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us if you want to like you know leave comments or like share things you found or you know i also uh, you know i would appreciate like you know feedback and responses about the podcast and whatnot definitely Um, whether you want to dm it or you know comments whatever it doesn't matter to me Mm -hmm. um because we do get some cool shit every every once in a while i got a cool um tweet the other day with someone shared like all the pictures of the different like tommy outfits throughout power rangers oh, yeah, and we were ranking that. them yeah yep um i mean the green ranger outfit's the best one i think uh, it's either that or like the the one like ninja one. Oh right the one from the movie too, yeah. uh, that one was pretty good oh, yeah. yeah i love that one there's one that's like a black ranger with like a star for the visor like it's literally like a star shape is it like an 80s metal one i don't know <laughs> like, like a looks, kiss it looks one? interesting <laughs> it sounds kind of cool i was like yeah i don't know it's a look <laughs> it is you know it's a bold look i'll give him that oh yeah what have you been reading just like in uh outside of the podcast i, I i've been reading like a lot of uh i've been swamp mixing thing. between yeah i've been reading swamp thing <laughs> I, I think just today today I, was an aquaman day right i was mixing between aquaman and swamp thing because right now uh, i was reading the new 52 runs of both because they had ah, a crossover right. in the middle mm-hmm. so i thought that would pair well together so gotcha. I, I finished both of them recently the um swamp thing charles soul run was pretty good um jeff parker aquaman was mostly okay it, okay. it was readable. Uh, yeah, I've pretty much been doing, I'm almost through uh, volume two of The Invisibles on my reread. Oh, you're rereading that and again? And I'm, I'm also a few into um, Seven Soldiers of Victory. Oh, yeah, no, uh, that's the uh, the Morrison uh, crossover with, um, trying to think of all the characters that are in that, like Mr. Miracle, Zatanna. Zatanna yeah. yeah, no, because I had to look up the reading order because I almost made another Hoxpox mistake. Because <laughs> like, cause on DC... I don't know, have we told this story where you like read Hoxpox in the completely wrong order? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we did. We might have, but if we didn't, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I forgive you because like, you just started reading comics and then here comes Hickman with this fucking nonsense. <laughs> exactly, and the funniest part is like literally... Before 
before I started reading it, I was like, I mean, my one, like, always not fear, but like hesitance to start an X Men thing was like, I don't know where to jump in. Mm-hmm. And like, Paul's always been like, oh no, like, you can jump. There's, a lot, easy, of, there's yeah. a lot of places. It's easy. And like, the first place <laughs> I jump in, in is Hoxpox. Yeah. And I royally fuck it up. Well, uh, yeah, because you didn't, you forgot there was a second book until like halfway in. Yeah, I read all of Hoxpox and then, or I got to through five issues of Hoxpox and then realized there was powers. Of yeah, books. I was like, wait, you haven't been reading the other book? Because <laughs> I was talking to Paul. I'm like, yeah, like th- I feel like I'm missing a bunch of stuff or like, I don't know if that. I feel like it would kind of uh... make sense. And no, two- it did a yeah. little bit. It just kept making like large jumps of time. Mm-hmm. So like there was stuff in the mi- a little bit of stuff in the middle I missed. So then when I read Powers of X, it was like, oh, this makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least once you catch up, I mean, it's all kind of like time fuckery and kind of weird te- storytelling uh, order anyway. So yeah, but no. So with Seven Soldiers, because on DC, when you just go to seven soldiers it's like issue zero and issue one yeah you're supposed to start with issue zero and then issue one is the last one you read wait what <laughs> yeah so i got through like the first couple pages of issue one and i was like it seemed like out there so okay, i was like you could be maybe forgiven I sh- for this maybe one. i should no i didn't finish it thank god <laughs> so then i looked up the order and uh the first couple uh the early ones are zatanna so mm. i'm through the first two issues of zatanna they are great yeah so that's i've been, a, that's, really been enjoying that that's kind of a dc fuck up on that end <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, it is for sure. The, the number one, also the end. <laughs> oh, they, they did give me a little bit of a bone because at the end of the one book, it does have a complete reading order at oh, that's the last fair. page. Yeah, so they, they did give you a little bit of a They gave you a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so without further ado, I think we're going to get to the uh, books that we had for this week. I think what we're going to do is um, the story we have for this week is the Cult of the Unwritten Book story. Um, it's the one where like Willoughby Kipling gets introduced and we go yep. through all of that stuff. And then there's also a one-off story about, um, uh, Mala and the brain uh, from the old school brotherhood of evil. Where's the little, there's the Danny, the street episode be- or, uh, issue issue before that. Uh, no, Danny, the street is after that actually. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so they're basically just two. I mean, the Danny, the street one is going to be the first issue in an arc. We're not going to finish. Uh, I only threw it in there just so we could get the Danny, the street debut issue and, and the flex Mentalo debut technically. Uh, and then I think afterwards what we're going to do is we're going to um, kind of just give some of our thoughts on some of the stories that come after this as well in just broad strokes. Because what we're going to be doing next week is skipping ahead to the Candlemaker story. Yeah. Because I really want to get to that because that's what the whole season two has been about. And that's what a lot of Morrison's run kind of builds up to. Right, exactly. So we're going to cut ahead to that final Candlemaker story, which closes out the run uh, after this episode. So we're going to kind of give our thoughts on like some of the other stories that come after this just briefly as well. Because yeah. some of them are really good. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're going to start out here with the uh, Cult of the Unwritten Book. Uh, it starts out with uh, basically like uh, Grant Morrison wanted to create his own Constantine character. Yep. Uh, which is interesting because Constantine also exists here. Uh, but yeah, so we basically have like shittier, uh, like cowardly Constantine, which is Willoughby Kipling. Yeah, he's an interesting character. I like him, but he's definitely he's not fun to a read. good person. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not someone to trust. <laughs> yeah, like at at a certain point, uh, like in these two issues, I think it's uh, Regis or Rebus that calls him out, and he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, Willoughby, you are the most cowardly man I've ever met, and I just saved your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of redeeming factors, but he comes in handy because he's just oh, yeah. an encyclopedia of knowledge. Yeah, which is basically what Constantine is. Just good with ha- magic too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think a, a big theme of all these stories, especially with Kipling giving a lot of the narration, it's just kind of like, it's almost like a museum of just like interesting little tidbits, um, because like, you know, kind of like a museum of like weird cryptids and odysseys. Cause yeah. like, it's like basically the cult of the unwritten book sending like all of these minions like out into the world, like, you know, trying to take over and like spawn the D creator. Yeah. Um, and th- so th- it's, I- 
almost every page you're like being introduced to like one of these new creatures that they're spawning like one of these demon like uh torture demons or whatever yeah because kipling even says like th- like the longer this goes on the more things are going to start pouring out and we're going to be exposed to some weird shit soon right um so some of them are, are really fucking cool but they don't show up really a lot or do like too much like i mean that's part of like what makes them like spooky too because you don't like know what they would do if they caught you yeah because I, I mean with horror you know a lot of the stuff you don't see exactly. is scary and the stuff you do because like you'll see something like the fucking horrifying uh human skin kites oh yeah the mystery kites yeah the, yeah that are like the recon yeah they, yeah it's like uh okay is it just the skin of people or is there another person trapped inside the skin i think it's the person in trapped inside the kite but it's their skin is being used as the kite okay yeah it's it's, it's rough so they're inside like alive <laughs> like it's kind of like in um uh, it's kind of like midsummer like with the guy like, who's being like flayed and like held open like a oh butterfly. right yep, yeah yeah i think that's kind of how i imagine it yeah um, but you kind of like Willoughby gives you like a lot of these like cool little tidbits like Morrison. We've talked about this with Klaus as well. He's yep. really good at just giving you like little things that hint towards a bigger story mm-hmm. where like you'd want to ask this character questions about what he's saying, but like it, you just don't have the chance. Yeah, like he can make so much world building in just a couple sentences like it's unreal. Yeah, exactly. So like when we hear like Willoughby talking about like his past experiences, uh, experiences and like the things he carries around, yep. like just because it comes up so often, he's like, I keep this old 1940s pen just so I can paper cut blood onto it and summon Baphomet. Yeah, like, like Abe Lincoln once spit on it. <laughs> like, it's always some weird shit like handy that. Handy to have around. Yeah, it's just awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we get uh, the uh, Baphomet appearance here, which they actually kept in the uh, the Doom Patrol adaptation Yeah, of it's this. pretty much spot on. Because um, if you remember season one, they had an adaptation of this uh, of this story yep. completely. Like, oh, they, yeah. they did a different take on it. Um, they it was pretty close, but yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, it, 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 a lot of scenes were ripped. Like, the Baphomet scene was, like, pretty much straight ripped out of the book. Oh, yeah. Honestly, the... I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say the show did it better, but it like it was almost as good. It was on par. Yeah. No. I think a lot of the things the show changed about this story, honestly, were good changes. Yeah. Because the whole like Doctor Harrison story of how they did like the time travel and cult, like teaming like, up with Mister Nobody. Cult. Yeah. No, yeah. It, that's that, way cooler. That whole story arc. That it's like a two episode arc in that show is amazing. Yeah. Like I mean, as we go through this, like this story is not bad by any means. But no. if I had one complaint, I would say it's like a little similar to that first story we had, like with the um. The Scissor Men. Oh, for sure. There's a little bit of like it's a little bit treading the same territory. It's very similar, yeah. Um, like the creatures are all different. Like that's still entertaining, but like the whole goal of like yeah, with this whole cult is trying to take over our reality, and we need to go into there and stop them is like kind of the same. Yeah, it's pretty know, similar. The, the methods are different, but yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's kind of like the uh, like we saw in the show where the cult of the unwritten book has been waiting for like the birth of this baby who's going to be born with like the text of the book on his skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when this so this guy's probably been going around on his life like this whole life being like what the fuck is this well and well doesn't he say that like his i, th- I think he has some knowledge because didn't he say his parents were like murdered by the cult or whatever right i mean he doesn't know everything though so he knows yeah, it's yeah. some spooky shit exactly yeah it's got to be like haunting you know oh i mean he's not a good place yeah right. <laughs> he's very damaged um one cool thing that i wish they had done i don't remember them do maybe i'm wrong maybe did they do that in the show where like the you get in there by going crawling in someone's wound in their hand yeah the dude gets the stigmata in i his didn't hand. remember that yeah yeah no it was the same because like uh, the one of the best scenes is or the funniest is when um one of Dr. Harrison's like followers shows up as like an old woman and she's got like the oxygen tank and everything. And, uh, I think Cliff or one of them asked like, uh, are you sure you're supposed to be here? Like, I don't know you lady. You're not supposed to be here. He's like, uh, sweetie, I just crawled into like a priest hand wound like, from in Italy. Like I think I'm supposed to be here. Oh yeah, here. no, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we mentioned it either, but Cliff's got his new, uh, Magnus body too. 
Oh yeah, we didn't mention that because uh, we the uh, last week we left off where he went into the underground to help Jane. Yeah, and got so destroyed. His uh, brain was like in that jar, and like it was like uh, when we left, he, he was like short circuiting, like they didn't know where he was. Mm-hmm. So they get, Magnus made him that new body that he was promised. Uh, it's like this like a black metal body with like all these guns strapped to it. Yeah, um, it's like it's like a kill bot essentially. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and it's it, but it gives him the ability to like feel and mm-hmm. like you know like have sensory like you know touch and thing like and smell yeah um it's kind of like what they've been hinting at in the show like we haven't watched the finale yet but in the show at least what we'll talk about later um like he went up to uh cyborg's dad and like cyborg's dad was like they were asking could you build a body that could do this that could have like touch and like you know feel yeah so that's pretty much what this is like like we talked about i think he's like the magnus stand-in for the show exactly so that's that's what i think we'll see in the show like that this body is like maybe not maybe in the finale who knows yeah totally i feel like yeah with if they're gonna have to deal with the candle maker, they're gonna need some upgrades. That some would point. be badass. Yeah, Honestly. I guess we'll see. Maybe I called it. That would be awesome. Oh, one of the cooler looking uh, monsters that they have is these, uh, like the bounty hunters or like the the trackers, because like they'll uh, spend their whole like a whole week like studying your fingerprint until they can draw it from memory on like this glass helmet. Yeah, and then their bodies are just like this like wrapped um, bandages. They almost look like Larry a little bit. Yeah, um, but like similar. Um, but like with this giant like j- like Joker smile like on the chest with like these two floating eyes above it, so it looks creepy as shit. Yeah, and the, and I'm pretty sure also I don't know if it's connected with them, but there's also just like. Just the disembodied lips just flying around too, right? Like on their own. That, that but some of them have the re- uh, bandage bodies. Yeah. So these guys are fucking like I like the monster design in a lot of these. Like, oh yeah. I, I do kind of wish some of them we'd see them do more because like we all like all we ever see any of them do is just kind of like approach or like yeah, exactly. fly. You know. I, like I, I know like less is more, but it'd be cool to see something. I mean, you get a decent amount of then once. Uh, what are they called? The the nuns or whatever. The little sisters. Oh, you're right. Yeah, those. Like, that is a cool battle because then Black Annis comes out. He's like, you think she's like, you think I'm afraid of razors? Yeah, and that no, part is badass. I love that part so yeah, much. That's so cool. Yeah, they're called the little sisters of Our Lady of the Razor. <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah, they they look badass too. Oh like, yeah, like Case does like such like so good. This is one of the best like uh, story arcs of his art, I think. Definitely, yeah. Because like the castle looks really badass too. In uh, what's it called, Nurnheim? Yep. Yeah they they got the they definitely did the nuns in the show too. They got those pretty well. Yep. Uh, yeah, we see Black Annis a lot more in the book. I th- we haven't seen her once in the overworld. Yeah, we, we saw sh- her in the underground that one scene. Yeah, you see her a couple times. Like, in the I feel like they're gonna whip that out like when it matters the most because that's gonna be like really cool. Yeah, she that could be a fucking that'd be a good one on one with the candle maker. Oh, that would Black be Black Annis. Yeah, we're calling all these finales. I wonder how much <laughs> we're gonna be right. About that. <laughs> I would love to see a Black Annis candle maker fucking. That duel. would be yeah. That'd be I'm pretty badass. sure the candle maker would win though. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, one thing that's cool too that in this that I noticed is when the decree shows up like it's just like uh, like it was in the show like the giant eye yep. with like the lightning coming out mm-hmm. um that, which looks really cool uh, in, in the show did they have it where like the things are disappearing like uh, things are actually being decreated as things go by like as time goes by i don't, um, I don't it, necessarily mem- remember that aspect it's i don't think it's specifically if it looks at you but i think if it's like looking in your direction like because it's like there's a news lady that's like i think it's looking at me and then she like thanos is and like explodes in the oh dust. yeah so it is kind of similar because like in this because like the coolest thing is like the d creator is like it's ending the world like yeah. they they call it like the anti-god yeah um but, but it's not doing it all at once it does it like gradually slow yeah yeah one so by it's one. like random ass things will just start disappearing like they show a guitarist again like, a concert and his guitar vanishes yeah there's a part in the show where willoughby is like trying to light up a sig and then this sig gets like thanos snaps that happens here too <laughs> oh yeah and he looks at the d creators like no <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then, like we mentioned, uh, Cliff crawls into the wound and goes into their headquarters and gets captured. Yeah. Uh, and their leaders are these, like, two puppet-looking dudes. Yeah, they kind of do it similar in the show, except... Uh the, it's like the mom and dad of the son that with the book, but in the show, right. the mom kills the dad, so it's like his body's sitting there. The, this arc, like we mentioned, it's a lot of like treading familiar territory, but the cool part is like the art in this is just like amazing, like seeing oh, yeah. all these like creatures and whatnot. Yeah. Um, although I guess if I have one more like um, complaint, is like the solution they have to beat the the, the D creator is actually really cool. Um, like where they slow down time and like things gets like di- like things vanish a lot slower. Yep. Um, but like the way that they actually beat the D creator seems like kind of just like thrown out there, like the last second, um, because they're like, Oh, like everything that's happening, it's like vibrations. If we just cancel out the vibrations and the D creator, like we can stop him. I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah. I love <laughs> Graham Morrison, but there are s- some of his like conflict resolutions with like, uh, enemies like this can be kind of just not like whimsical, but kind of like simple, I guess. Right. So that's what I mean. Like where the show, like when they adapted this, they made some good changes. Cause like their, their solution to beat the D creator in the show was like a lot more fun and like creative and like interesting to look at. Oh yeah. Cause like a time travel cult, uh, to create a like an opposing god to destroy it. Yeah, and, like that's, that's so that's much amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like let's go back in time, start our own cult. Yeah, and then the belief in it will make it real, and then we'll combat it. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. such a cooler idea. Um, I mean, I do like the solution though. Where the um, I mean, it's not played with at all. But now, like that, the D creator is slowly disappearing things because um, they say like, well, things are vanishing, but at a super, super, super slow. It'll rate. be like a an unperceptible rate. Right. So, like, they don't do stories with it later, but it would be cool to have a story where, like, something just vanishes and, like, you don't know, like, what the fuck caused that? Yeah, just, like, an in passing, like, a news story about, like, random bus, like, disappears in the middle of a right. lane street. Yeah, I mean, for all I know, maybe it does happen in the background. I just don't notice it, but it'd be cool to see that, like, later on in the run, like, see the payoff of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because it happens, like, they're like, yeah, we beat the D creator, kind of. I guess it works. And then as they're going away, like, uh, uh, Chief's cigar vanishes. Yeah. It's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Uh, and then, oh, we're, we're at the end of this arc here. I feel like I should call out the creative team because I failed to do that at the beginning. Um, but we have uh, this this arc was written by Grant Morrison, of course. We've talked about that. And Richard Case does the pencils. We also have inks by John Nyberg. I, I think he was on the last one as well. Yeah, he does a few every now and then. Uh, and then the colorist is Danny Vozo with letters by John Workman again. So just to get the whole creative team in there. Uh, the arc after this, I want to talk about a little bit because it's two characters who we haven't met in the show yet. But I feel if I had to bet money, I feel like they're going to show up at some point. You think Mala and the Brain? Like I feel like they're too classic to like not show up. Yeah, yeah, at but some I, point, like even as a joke, you know. Yeah, but I feel like they, with how much they take from like the more recent runs of Doom Patrol, like I mean, really, the only Golden Age, they're like the original Doom Patrol they've taken is Rita. Oh uh, well, they used uh, Doctor Time. Oh, true. Yeah. So like they've reached for some older stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, you never know. It's yeah, it could happen. Who knows? Um, but there's a really funny scene that's happening here too because um, Cliff's in his new body, like we talked about the uh, the Magnus body, and uh, they they need to put his brain back in there. And uh, Chief, literally, like in the middle of the operation, he's like, "Wait, we can't put his brain back in yet. I haven't had my chocolate." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, Chief!" Yeah, he pulls that out a lot. Yeah, it's like, I've run out of chocolate. You know how irritable I can be when I don't have my chocolate. I'd hate to become irritable during surgery. <laughs> hey, Chief, you are the biggest diva. <laughs> and then as he escapes, uh, it's kind of interesting, too, because he says, like, oh, no, uh, Cliff's fine in there. He, he prefers the solitude. Like, he likes not having a body. Oh, yeah. But then we see his inner thoughts, and he's, like, you know, 
having a hard time with it because he's like, oh yeah, um, being in. And we talked about it, it's like sensory deprivation. Yeah, it's like being in here is like kind of spooky. It's like he's almost going through the Doctor Nobody experience to a little bit. Yeah, because uh, he's like you have you feel nothing. It's like it starts out with panic and then you start having nightmares. And like there's a really good image here that Case draws of like him just imagining his own brain being like stabbed and like you know drilled into. And, oh like, yeah, it, it's really gruesome looking because that's like all he imagines. Yeah, that's tough to like. You basically got to be like a guru to like handle that situation completely. Right, especially <laughs> like you when gotta you're already a, dealing with a lot of shit. Yeah, you gotta have a lot of mental fortitude. Uh, and he's right to be worried, because as soon as he's in that chamber and he's left alone, uh, his body wakes up and has achieved sentience. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Magnus must have made a mistake, because I'm alive. Yeah. Um, it sucks that this has happened, but I'm alive now, so we gotta deal with it. Yeah, I gotta, like, part ways, bro. Yeah, he's like, he's, I like this uh, AI that grows here, because he only exists for this issue, but he's, like, very matter-of-fact. Like, he's very honest about what he's feeling and, like, what he doesn't know. He's like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, Graham Morrison is the king of, like, doing one-off issues like this and, like, just creating characters super quickly and, like, making you invest a lot of emotions into them, like, at no time at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he, he has a lot of those uh, at, at DC as well. I think there's, like, a... a justice league comic that's a lot like that where like it's just oh, a nice. justice league member who's a justice league member for like one day yeah yeah but, like becomes a legend it's pretty dope yeah there's a super famous issue in the invisibles that's like that well it's it's like a one-off issue character that is like super out of the blue yeah i love the the issues like this and like the issues like the underground and like the one mm -hmm. with dorothy because like one-off issues are super rewarding especially if you're reading these books monthly yeah because it, like when you're reading monthly and i see it's a one-off like thing coming up i'm like oh hell yeah this is like an awesome like standalone like you could like put this up and be like here's the story the yeah, whole story exactly like you, you're getting your money's worth for that month mm -hmm. like you're getting a complete thing which which is awesome like you can't do it all the time but like it's nice when you do so yeah so the body is uh basically trying to get free they don't he doesn't want them to put the brain back in him mm -hmm. so he drills a hole in the the tank to kill cliff like or cliff's brain i guess yeah to drain the nutrients um and then he's like well i'm just going to also put a bomb in my head so that way if anyone tries to put a brain in me i'll just explode yeah and cliff's <laughs> like why don't you just do that you don't have to kill me and, and yeah. that, that's where the robot's like oh i guess that is a smarter plan oh i didn't think of it sorry i'm just the body thinking <laughs> for the brain yeah my bad <laughs> was a little um, ahead of myself because this this issue kind of has a cool dynamic where the theme is kind of like who's the master of me like my body or my brain There's, that's kind of like the theme of this which is kind of a cool di a cool dynamic to play with cliff oh yeah because he doesn't have like his human body anymore so it's like am i still me or was that me or is my brain me yeah exactly so that's kind of a cool dynamic to play with especially when we have the brain who uh is in this issue where he's literally like a disembodied brain, kind of like we saw in Hellboy. Yeah, exactly. Um, who's carried around by Mala, who's like an intelligent uh, gorilla who he made like intelligent through like um, Planet of the Apes style uh, experimentation. Yeah, Graham Morrison loves his sentient gorillas. Oh yeah, there's a really good one in the filth too. Oh nice. <laughs> yeah, they, they show up in DC a lot too because it's the gorilla city. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, with, like, with Zod and everything. Uh, with or not Zod, uh, Grod, yeah. But it, uh, this does also set us up perfectly for the uh, the brain versus brain uh, battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Mala's like, oh yeah, brain versus brain, and throws him at Cliff. <laughs> and even even Brain is like, Mala, for God's sake, what are you doing? <laughs> How about you? <laughs> brain battle. <laughs> um, but this whole thing is just a disaster because well, obviously Mala's plan is I'm going to put the brain in this new shiny body. Um, but Cl Cliff can't say anything. He's just like, eh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's like the Chekhov's anti-brain defense. Right. Because we, we were just told that there's a bomb in here. So yeah. This is not going to end well. So we're they just, both explode. Just told the one thing no one should do. Right. So I guess technically they're both dead. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Maybe they won't be showing yeah, up. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just blew up. 
Uh, and then the issue after that, like I said, this is technically the start of an arc, so we're not going to get too much into like the actual like men from nowhere and the ant farm. There's just too much to cover there. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to get this issue in here just so we could talk about a little bit of like Danny the Street's first appearance. Um, cause I do like it a lot, like the art and like the style they have for this, like when it shows up his writing, like in the, uh, in the smoke, just like in the show. Yeah. It's, it's, they get it surprisingly spot on in the show. Yep. And like the way that you see his letters, like show up in the panels on like the, uh, the store windows and whatnot looks really cool. Yep. Like it works out well in live action too, but it's almost like too obvious in live action. A little I was bit. gonna say because they, it's actually kind of nice how subtle it is in the comics. Right. Cause, cause you like, just look and you're like, Oh, it changed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, in the show, it has to be a lot more obvious, and right. it looks that way. Because you can't miss it, too. Oh, when you're yeah. watching a show, like they need to make sure you read what's on screen. Like You can't just go back and look. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, at this point, um, they've kind of reset things a little bit. Like, Cliff's back in his real body. They were able to rescue him. Um, Joshua has like, built like Dorothy like a danger room, it looks like. <laughs> like yeah, it's like, like a simulation X-Men zone. Style, yeah, it's like an X-Men-style danger room. Yeah, pretty much. So he's using that to help her like test her like you know demons and whatnot that she summons, yep. like, summons which I guess is smart. Okay, that's the way to do it, I guess. Yeah, no, that's like, a great if, way to she, do it. If it's going to happen anyway, like, she might as well learn how to do it. Yep. Um, the men from nowhere show up in this story as well. We get introduced to them and their design is a lot different than what we see in the show because the show kind of just made them like standard like g-men yeah um but as this they're kind of like more like the like i guess they might just still be like normal guys but the masks they wear are like really cool looking yeah i'm even if they are like somewhat human they definitely are like programmed to an extent because they don't speak normal they kind of oh you're right like gibberish yeah they're like a little like robotic yeah. yeah they don't use like uh like verbs or anything we see more of it later on when we get in like the ant farm you see kind of like oh, they're yeah. like robotic like literally like ant workers exactly yeah because like yeah because talking a little bit ahead because like we said we can cover like a little bit more of what we didn't get a chance to cover just briefly um because the ant, ant farm stuff is is very good uh that was one of my favorite arcs they, they did the ant oh, farm definitely. in the show but like n- they didn't really explore like they didn't get like to level two of the of the of the facility, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. Because like they only like scratched the surface. Like seeing the butts and like flex mentallo and all that. Like, that that was pretty cool. But like, what's cool about the ant farm is like when you get below the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of cool the way they they pitch that too. Because like they keep saying like the the Pentagon is like the shape it is for a reason. Like, is there a reason for that? And they kept kind of keep setting that up. Um, because they kind of like set up the Pentagon to be like this like a cult like object. Which yeah, is a cool take. Yeah, it basically is just a giant magical uh, sigil. Yeah, because like Doom Patrol's take on it is like, yeah, they built the the Pentagon that way for a reason. It's so they can do rituals like in in that basement, in that sub basement, and use that as like their like gigantic ritual symbol. Basically, my understanding is that they used uh, that as uh, as a tool to basically monitor all telephones. Or yeah, they have like a telephone demon. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and th- yeah, and they use which that. is actually really cool because it he basically plays it off as um. Al- what is it, Alexander Graham Bell? Yeah, like the like, creator of the telephone. The first yeah. words spoken into a telephone were like, uh, come here, Watson, I need you, or whatever. Yeah, that part is played cool because they keep having that Watson scene show up even before that story starts. Like, yeah. We're almost at the part where that would start being hinted at. Yeah, exactly. And, um, like, and Graham Orson plays it off as like those words were the first, like, it was a spell, basically, from Alexander yep. Graham Bell. An accidental spell, yeah. Which is an awesome thing because uh, that's almost exactly the same as something in The Invisibles where Oppenheimer, the, who tested the nukes and everything right. with the famous I am become death destroyer of worlds like mm-hmm. in the invisibles that was like a magical like phrase that Opp- Oppenheimer was like a black magician and oh, like damn. that was like a, a spell that he cast yeah very like, similar the take nukes. right there yeah, yeah. That, that's an interesting idea yeah so, like they cr- accidentally created like a telephone demon exactly yeah, yeah. 
Um, which, which also, like, this is ahead of its time, but that's also kind of like a good, uh, like, if that was a more recent story, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a good way to, like, describe, like, the uh, the Patriot Act, like the telephone demon. Yeah, all our <laughs> awesome surveillance that we live with. Yeah, we're being day. surveilled by a telephone demon. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little more fun to play with. Yeah. And, like, some of these stories we might come back and cover if we can think of, like, if, I don't know how long the Doom Patrol show is going on. I guess I'm being, like, very unoptimistic about how long it'll go. Um, like, I'm thinking, like, well, we're hopefully going to get another season, and then I don't know. I just I don't know. I never that. put faith in TV. Yeah. Anytime there's a TV show I like, it just gets canceled. So like, like <laughs> maybe there's some animated stuff we talked about. It we could go and do that Titans episode. So like yeah. some of these stories we might come back and cover. I just wanted to talk about some of them briefly. Like there's a really good one with the um like the LSD bike. I thought that one was pretty interesting. Where oh, yeah, Mister Al- Nobody Albert comes Hoffman. back. Yeah, Albert Hoffman's psychedelic bike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, no, I love that. It's like the scientist who like created it, like accidentally created like a magic bike that make like makes you trip balls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's ridiculous because uh, there's a part where one of their like schemes basically is that they just dump like a whole city with LSD and everyone just starts tripping. And it's right. like everyone should live like this. And like it's like, no, everyone is not ready for that kind yeah, of ride. No. <laughs> that's what I talked about like when we talked about uh, last week with Mr. Nobody and like his goals. Like he doesn't oh, yeah. want to like murder everybody or like, you know, steal all the world's money. Like yeah. he just wants to like make everybody trip balls. Exactly. <laughs> he just wants to party, man. He just wants everyone <laughs> tripping, bro. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that, I, I thought that story was funny because it's like, yeah, technically, what he like he technically he's not harming anybody, but this is gonna be bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, that whole arc because there's literally part of that arc is uh, Mister Nobody runs for president. Yep, and there's like a large <laughs> group of people that like actually get on his side, and the Doom Patrol, even like uh, Crazy Jane and Re- Rebus, are like, yeah, like I don't necessarily disagree with him. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's kind of he's true. running against <laughs> Trump. What are we gonna do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, we gotta vote for him. Uh, and then the flex. Mentalo stuff like he's always fantastic in this book like in that ant farm story like he's always good like they all have a whole origin of like him doing the hero of the beach like with yep. the lights behind him which I'm still hoping they do in the show dude if we don't get a hero of the beach at some point in this show's run I'm it's an utter failure he's only been in one episode <laughs> of season two so yeah far. that's, that's kind of disappointing that's been really disappointing um, but actually that's a good segue because that's actually going to bring us to our coverage of the show which is coming up next and he's in that first episode we're yep. going to talk about oh yeah uh, the sex patrol oh yes uh, so we're going to be talking about episodes uh, four five and six um uh of season two so that covers yep. uh sex patrol yeah um, sex ghosts um finger patrol finger I think patrol yeah sex patrol and, finger dumb patrol, patrol. and dumb patrol yeah, yeah no space patrol oh space patrol dumb yeah. patrols next week yeah. yep um the sex patrol was one of the better episodes of the season we talked about that last episode we, we thought that was one of our favorites oh yeah and definitely the most like crazy one uh, <laughs> or like yeah. wild because <laughs> uh that flex mentalo comes back which is awesome yep just to back up a little bit there was um the scene where uh the end of season one or like dorothy like broke the brick like broke oh uh, yeah danny because danny came back as a brick yep uh, and then uh, she broke the brick, so now they have to fix Danny. Yeah, and that was they, that end of episode three. Yep, and the only way to fix Danny, they go like, well, there's no way to fix them. Like, what are we going to do? Um, like, well, the only way to fix Danny is to party. So they call in the Danny Zins, which brings in Flex. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Morally Corrupt as well, like, you know, all yep. the people we saw before. No, they don't even call them in. Like, they just show up. Oh, yeah, you're right. Morally like- Corrupt and, and Flex and all the gang just shows up like, hey, like, I'm pretty. we thought Danny <laughs> would be here, and we need to party. Heard you need a party. <laughs> yeah, like, Danny needs some help. Yeah, Flex shows up just when you need him oh yeah he knows uh well yeah when the when the party starts there's a really adorable scene too where uh 
Dorothy comes in and oh, yeah. uh, Flexman Taylor leans down. He's like, "We need to put like the star on the tree. Who's gonna do it?" Yeah, they put like wing- like Dorothy has her own costume for the party. It's like these like angel wings, mm-hmm. and so Flex is like, I, th- "I think I can make you fly. Go put it on the on top of the tree." And he just flexes his ear. Yeah, he like yep. force lifts her, <laughs> yep, using his powers and just flies her up. So that was a really cool scene. I like that. Yeah, uh, and then Jane shows up as uh, the Scarlet Harlot. It's the first time we've seen her. <laughs> yeah, this is a perfect intro for her. Yep, perfect I, environment. I heard people for- are gonna be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that's my cue. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be uh, a sex party to try to revive Danny. That's the the goal here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a great premise. Um, this basically spawns an idea in Rita's head because now that Flex is here, um, she remembers, we talked about it last season where Flex Mentalo accidentally gave them the, the orgasm. Yep. Like using his powers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Rita's like, wait, could you do that again? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, this was kind of strange because like, cause she said the first time that that happened, she had like a flashback of a memory of like her mom. Yeah, so she's doing this to, like, inception herself. Yeah, basically, she's doing this to kickstart, like, a trauma therapy session. Right. (laughs) Which is, like, a little awkward for Flex. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) you want me to make you what? (laughs) All right. So, yeah, she makes him, like, put his head against the wall and, like, look away and give her the old mental orgasm. Give her the the cum memories. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it's way too powerful of an orgasm, and it summons, uh, what's his name, the shadowy Mr. Evans. Oh, yeah, Uh, because he shows up in the comic as well. It's a story we didn't get to. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. And the sex men even show up at the take on the show that they did is hilarious yeah it's it's less paranormal they make them basically like the sex ghost the, uh, the sex, the sex ghost ghostbusters. ghostbusters yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great take on it because um they show up they're like a sex demon is here you don't even know yeah what are their names like cuddles torture and like bondage or something yeah that's from the comics the, <laughs> oh the yeah names you're are right. the same yeah yep, you're totally it's just right. the design is different because yep. in, in the comics they're more like you know extra dimensional like aliens yeah like, they're, they're like, like ethereal gre- they're like sex green lanterns exactly kinda, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this is hilarious because when they come in, um, they have like a van outside where they're like doing surveillance too. So <laughs> yeah. it's almost like Ghostbusters with like taps a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, my God, look at all this sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have any idea they're going to cause a sex demon to destroy the world. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, what was that? At one point, Cliff's like dancing with it, which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah. he got moves. And yeah, when, when they come in, they're like asking them uh, to like clear out. And they're like, have you seen any sex ghosts? And they're like, oh, wait, no, I was totally dancing with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and like the final conclusion of it, too, is just ridiculous. When, oh, like, my the God. The shadowy Mr. Evans has like the baby. Yeah, basically all this sexual energy like got him pregnant. And he yep. gives birth to basically the Antichrist. And if this Antichrist cries... Everyone, the world ends, or yeah. everyone dies. Yeah. yeah, essentially. Yeah, so it's like the baby's out, like it's hanging by the umbilical cord, and uh, Crazy Jane ends up able to like grab it somehow. <laughs> yeah, the whole episode is just ridiculous. Like, like what it is. Happened? Like if someone walked in during the scene of like this baby like birth scene, <laughs> it would they would be like eternally scarred. Uh, son, what are you watching? Oh God! <laughs> oh Jesus, dude, it's hilarious because I was I was just looking up like IMDb shit on a couple of these episodes, and there are people that did not like this episode. <laughs> like they're yeah, caught him off guard. There are some one like from fans. There are some one star reviews were like this episode was very silly. <laughs> it's like oh man, that is a harsh critique. Oh boy, too silly. They've crossed the silly line, right? It was just over the line. Yeah, the actress who plays uh, Dorothy was doing like an AMA on Twitter and said that they were asked like, what's the weirdest thing you've experienced like doing doom patrol she was like the shadowy mr evans yeah for sure <laughs> dude i can't imagine what that set was like filming that yeah the, it just had to look ridiculous i don't Appar- know how they kept a straight face apparently the actress who plays dorothy's like 22 yeah she's i found that out like during that ama i was like oh wow that's yeah, she just looks insanely young for her age yeah i was looking that up when i was looking at the imdb stuff too uh the other episodes kind of split the characters up again um which happens a lot in this show Yeah, a lot of the season they haven't really been together for a lot of it no they'll come together for like the bigger episodes like the one we just saw 
Um, but yeah, the show splits up the cast a lot so they can kind of go deal with their own thing. But they'll always like bring someone with them to kind of just like talk to and like pair off of. Yeah. Like, what, and even if it's not their thing, like for example, like we get the story of like Larry going to see like his son. Yeah, he finds at the out. Funeral. Yeah, yeah, he finds out one of his sons died, and he ended up being like a crazy conspiracy theorist who spent most of his life just trying to find him and like find like what happened to him or whatever right so larry's like feeling guilty he's like well i have the one remaining son i could try to connect with him at least yeah um but which he, which uh seems like it goes well yeah. in, in the first episode yeah unfortunately his uh his son's kind of a dick yeah yeah i uh, think it's the next episode but yeah he ends up basically snitching well, on him right yeah we're talking about him both so we might as well mix yeah them, he yeah. ends up ba- it's it's the same story so right. yeah so yeah the first night it's like oh yeah here's my son and like oh and then he meets his grandson and then his great grandson it's like oh like maybe we can reconnect it's like oh maybe but no yeah, yeah it's rough watching his scenes because like you want him to like he keeps like trying to do the right thing he's like i should reach out to these people i've made so many mistakes i yeah. should have done this 30 years ago so he's trying to like make up for what he's done but it's like they, they just don't want him exactly like and it's hard to blame him but at the same i mean you want to sympathize but yeah his his son I can definitely blame his son his son's oh, a fucking at, asshole oh i totally his son's reaction is not the right reaction yeah he's like i gotta call in the hoorah yeah literally like, snitches oh on God. him the yeah. feds roll in guns blazing and they end up shooting his grandson yeah like what do you expect <laughs> you called in the feds you're a fucking idiot right oh my god oh god yeah of course they're gonna come in guns blazing yeah what did you expect man yeah, <laughs> yeah called in the feds and had the wherewithal to leave his like son and grandson there like in the area it's like dude get them to say if you know the feds are rolling in yeah like you had this plan like mm-hmm. this is all on you you knew this was coming yeah yeah he messed up and then yeah like we said before this was the whole uh, illusion or alluding to chief saying he was going to start building cliff more human like upgrades oh yeah that's right as well yeah because he keeps like sh- and we keep kind of getting like a weird relationship between chief and robot man too yeah we you get a kind of cool uh callback because there's a scene where it Chief is doing a bunch of sketches of upgrades for Cliff, and oh, one yeah. of them is the spider body that, yep. he, that comes up in the Doom Patrol. We, we didn't talk about that one, but there's an arc coming up later where he goes to space and like the aliens like build him a new body, and yep. it's like a spider crawler. Yeah, it's one of uh, Cliff's best like bodies in the whole. Yeah, series. they had a little Easter egg to that in the designs. They yeah. don't use it obviously, but it'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a cool like throwback or callback. And then easily the greatest part of this episode, because uh, I don't know if we talked about this much, but um, Vic has like a love interest story. Because um, he goes, he goes to um, like kind of a uh, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think she might be a cyborg villain in the comics. That's what you were saying, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was reading. Because like she does kind of have like meta abilities that we learn. Like I think that might be more of a next episode topic, but yeah. Um, yeah, she she was like a mercenary and had we th- alluded to that she had like implants or something. Yeah, to like how, like make her stronger, yeah. like essentially make her super powered. She was like a super powered spec op soldier. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why she has like a lot of regrets because like she's still like kind of like violent and she kind of like feels guilty over like I was like in you know I was in the military and I did these terrible things to people. Yeah, so Vic is going. Vic kind of like ghosted her after he found out, but now he goes back to Detroit with Cliff to like win her back or whatever. Yeah, Cliff and and, and, uh, and Cyborg are such a good pairing yeah that's a great dynamic putting them together was genius yeah. oh yeah and then we get one of the greatest things the show has had yet it's like uh cliff imagines them as like a 70s like buddy cop duo oh, I love called these steel scenes. and stone <laughs> they they did another one in like uh an episode we'll talk about next week
Wig. Oh yeah, it's like old like Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, it's like, like a Starsky and Hutch. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Steel and Stone. Yeah, like it, it's uh, it's uh, some great montage clips. Yeah, it was, it was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love those. Um, but yeah, they're a good pairing too. Not just because they're both they're both robots, but like the personalities play well off each other too. Oh yeah. Um, because like it's funny because like he's going back to like apologize to Ronnie and he's like I don't know what to say. Like I, I bought these flowers and I think that's gonna work. He's <laughs> like no man. And Robot Man just tosses him out the window. <laughs> yeah. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> no, you just go in there. You say I fucked up. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, wait, that's it? That's it. <laughs> that's Trust it. me. He's like, the only thing I was better at than getting women was apologizing to women. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just trust me. And then he goes to Ronnie and it works instantly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's like a whole like kind of like attention building moment where like Baby Doll and Dorothy are hanging out because yeah, uh, Chief's like oh well they'll be great friends this will work like, this will get her off my back <laughs> yeah because they in the, in the sex patrol they kind of allude towards it too that like Dorothy like yeah she's a little girl but she's more mature than a little girl yeah. so after a while playing with Baby Doll she gets kind of overwhelmed by you know constantly playing like a girl so she tries to like hide and stuff and Baby Doll gets all salty about it right and then Candlemaker is also like stop playing like a little girl you have to grow up and it's like it's scary yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's some bad building and then uh so then we get our first kind of big build up where what's the name does that thing have a name uh Dorothy's like wolf Dude, not that I can remember because he's not that uh, wolf thing is not in the book. Yeah, so her new. wolf guardian basically. She shows it to Baby Doll, and you know she warns her not to be scared, but Baby Doll gets scared. And I can't remember who does she send out to kill the wolf. Uh, thing? Flaming Katie. Yeah, Flaming Katie comes out yeah. and kills it, which yep. is like, oh fuck, this is about to pop off now. And then yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Dorothy gets locked in like the the missile uh, looking like con- container thing, and then that's when the ca- like the candle maker's like make a wish. Yep. Like he killed your friend. Make a wish. Yep. And then so the candle maker, uh, the candle's been blown. It's, you're, there's no going back now. Yeah. Um. And so literally, like, uh, two of the personalities, as far as we know, are dead because like Baby Doll gets killed, Flaming Katie gets killed. Yeah. This scene is terrifying. Yeah. It just goes straight to the underground, and it's Driver Eight driving the train, and all of a sudden the trains just crash and break down, and then mm. the fucking candle maker just storms in like fucking twenty feet tall. Yeah, that, that scene was, in, and the, the one part that was weird is, like, the Candlemaker, like, kills two of them and then, like, leaves. So, like, yeah. it is kind of, like, a weird conflict there. I mean, the wish was to kill Baby Doll. Oh, you're right. It could be a specific wish kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, because I think the wish was just he to kill Baby Doll. He can't overstep his bounds yet. Yeah. And so he killed Baby Doll and the two people that got in the way, so. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that makes a little sense. Yeah, yeah it makes a little sense to me, I guess. Oh, yeah, and then there was a, an episode that kind of came out of nowhere, too, because, like, a Jane is in dire straits. Like she's like, uh, she's like covered in wax. Yeah, she's like in a wax coma. Yeah, and so everyone's like gathered around her, like freaking out. Like, what do we do? Like, we can't help her. Yeah. Um, but then out of nowhere, like a spaceship lands outside. <laughs> yeah. Like, hi, we're the astronauts. It's like yeah. a cheesy, like Fantastic Four looking crew. Yeah, it was a former team of chiefs that he sent to space and just disappeared. And Chief kind of just said, "Fuck them." <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think they're kind of supposed to be like the Fantastic Four. I got that take from them because yeah, the astronauts that went in and got weird space rays and then came back. A lot, very, a lot of similarities yeah um and because the, they kind of are the fantastic four because you only see three of them but yeah. one of them has an entity yeah exactly um, so it kind of is the fantastic four yeah well i mean two of them are just the negative spirit bodies. is the thing <laughs> i mean the two guys are just bodies with parasites living in the brain oh, yeah, that's true because <laughs> uh, they're just like come here you goofball yeah I'll pinch your butt they're, yeah they're basically just in a constant state of like rough housing yeah <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like constantly running around like oh, i'll knock you one charlie yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and like uh, Larry's like, they're saying the same things. What's happening? Yeah, Larry. After a while, at first he's like, oh, they're just some wild and crazy guys. And then like it's like midnight, and they're still running around like sweating their asses off. And Larry's like, are they okay? <laughs> yeah, that's Larry's like, oh no, they're not alive. That's yeah. a fungus. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> they're just going off like basic instinct and running a narrative. Basically, for God's sakes, kill it. <laughs> yeah. So they do end up killing it and burying it, and then you find out that uh, the woman—I can't remember her name—but she's like the. They actually call her the Russian. They call her Moscow. I think. Yeah, they call yeah. her the Russian one or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you find out that she has a negative spirit, it a negative spirit too. But she learned to like harness it. Yeah, that's kind of the take they're going with here, which I kind of like. Where it's like, yeah, um, the only way to master this, to become one with the spirit, is to abandon like your friends and family. Like they're yeah. telling him, like, don't forget all that nonsense with your son and all that. Like they're they're dead to you. Yeah, like, there's no more Larry Trainer. Yeah, and they're even telling him, like, forget the Doom Patrol. Like you shouldn't have human friends. Like yep. you are like this combination of the spirit and you. The only way to get full control of your powers and like heal yourself um because like she has a negative spirit and she's not burned yeah she's yeah she basically has like complete cellular control yeah she said that she was burned but like within a week she figured out how to fix it yeah like using the negative spirit yeah so larry's like wait you learn how to harness your thing completely in a week yeah i've been (laughs) doing this for almost 100 years yeah the girl totally calls her out too she's like wait how long have you had your negative spirit (laughs) it's like uh "Uh, no comment Uh, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting take where it's like, yeah, the only way to master this is to, like to abandon your friends. And he's like, well, fuck that. Yeah, yeah like, it, it kind of reminds me of like an old like Buddhist thing where it's like kind of giving rid of the whole I and like ego thing where it's like you're basically part of an entity now. Like you're kind of a collective type like source almost right but then larry has that part of him was like no like these are my my human connections like i can't just abandon this like in this you know for the sake of like you know whatever this is yeah exactly um so i kind of like that like the dynamic those two had going on that's probably the better part of that episode i think like, oh yeah that for sure because you don't get that in the comic like him interacting with another another negative spirit yeah at no. least not in the morrison run you do later on maybe i mean if you want to count not to spoil things. if you want to count the interaction between like eleanor and larry but there, there's i mean it's i mean like another in... negative spirit oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right um, but yeah, so that's kind of interesting to see. Uh, and the, back going back to the fungus people, is it a bad idea that they buried those people in the ground? Pretty bad. They, why didn't they burn them? <laughs> yeah, isn't that fungus going to be like alive? Because that's like a space fungus. That, yeah, like that's not of Earth. That shouldn't be there. No, you should have incinerated <laughs> that in like a contained ta- like in t- container, or like, just shot it back into space. Or yeah, whatever the fuck you got to do. That's bad news. That's a bad plan. And like part of me, like I have this fear that like there's some part of their brain that would still be like experiencing something. Like you know, like the like the Last of Us fungus. Like how like alive are they actually? Still? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like if they you don't... say they're dead, but like are you never know. You know. I guess it depends on your interpretation of how like the brain works. Right. I guess. I mean, or if you're going off the zombie law, like if you completely just yeah, it's does the like brain zombies. have to com- does the brain have to be completely destroyed? Is or- there some part that's still experiencing like yeah. you know like you you know yeah totally. even if you don't have like a uh, perception of it, are you like a dumb animal? You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a frightening thought. Yep. <laughs> So Dorothy, um, after all this has happened, like after what she did to Jane, she fucks off. Like now that that spaceship is out there, she's like, wait, I can just get in here and leave. Yeah. In the timeline, this worked out perfect for Dorothy because she basically like had the candle maker kill baby doll and whatever. And then those three astronauts showed up with a spaceship and Dorothy was just like, well, that was a freebie and just hops in the spaceship and takes off. And so like, oh shit, like where did she go? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh. 
Chief is like, well, I built it. Of course I have another one. Yeah, and, I've and got another spaceship. Don't and you? Robot Man's like, you have a spaceship here <laughs> this whole time? He's like, yeah, it's out in the garage. It's a piece of shit. Uh, t- technically, I invented space travel. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, there's a little tidbit. Because the thing he has, it's like it's like ahead of its time because he used like a mixture of magic and science to build yep. it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's dope. He has to like slice his hand and like put it on like a goat head. Yeah, there's like a goat <laughs> head navigator <laughs> yeah. for it. So I, I love when they mix like sci-fi and like, you know, like black magic. Yeah, kind of totally. Shit. It, I love that aesthetic because it's such a cool take. Because like it's a future, like in the future, like why wouldn't that stuff still exist? You'd still use it. Oh, totally. Yeah, so yeah. it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, that I, mix I, of technology. Yeah, I love those elements. So like he uses this goat head. He's like, no, we can catch her. Like, of course, I have this machine. Yeah. So him and Robot Man go after her and like go to this. I don't know if it's the moon. I thought it was at first, but I think it's got to be farther. Yeah, it's got like weird like crystal spikes. Yeah, it in doesn't it. really look like the moon. No, and it's like a magic not. spaceship, so I guess it could go anywhere for sure. Yeah. Um. But there's, like, a really uh, touching scene where Robot Man, like, goes after, like, Dorothy, and he's like, no, like, I understand, like, what's happening with you, you mm-hmm. know, like, this is all, like, you know, you think it's, like, the end of the world, but it's not, like, everyone will forgive you, like, you know, like, we're, we're not mad at you. Yeah, like, everyone fucks up, like, we're all fucking weirdos, like, come be weird with us. Right, yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'm sorry you lost your friend, like, that sucks, but, yeah. like, we'll help you. Yep. Um, and so, like, the Candlemaker's been trying to win her over, but luckily Cliff came and, like, kind of, like, brought her down, and, you know, it's like, no, come home, like, we'll be fine. Yep. Um, but then on the trip home, Chief is, uh... Going back to his old asshole yeah, tricks. Yeah, it's like like Cliff straight up is like, you know what? I changed my mind. Like, I love Dorothy. Like, I'm going to stick around and do whatever it takes to protect her. And Chief is like, oh, I'm so glad to know that. And, oh, but that's not going to happen. Goodbye. And yeah. just sends him out he of the fucking ship. He him out of the ship. Oh, God. He's what such an asshole. an asshole. Yeah, anytime you think Chief is, like, kind of good, it's like, no. Because you liter- need to remember. Yeah, because in that, when they go up to space, there's actually a really great scene uh, with Timothy Dalton where the Chief fakes a uh, scene of humility where yep. he, he pleads cliff to go and like talk dorothy down and bring her back and it seems like genuine and like he actually has somewhat of a humanity left but it's all just fake. yeah that's what's hard with chief is like so much of like what he does is like just like gaslighting exactly yeah. so it's like how you can't trust any genuine moment with him because you're like this could all be manipulation exactly he's been doing this the whole time and but a lot of that is just the uh, fucking praise timothy dalton because he exactly he's yeah. brilliant it's show. so good yeah. yeah i love it so like i love that where you're like part of that you think is real but it's oh, like yeah. who knows exactly who fucking knows like he, it's like i think he does love dorothy but like there's some part of him that's just like it's always going to be him over anyone he's, else he's just thinking because he knows that if they can't rein her in then his world and everyone else's world is over yeah he's just such a narcissist that he like only he's always him uh, him first like yeah i love my daughter but i'm gonna do me first exactly yeah, yeah. it's like i can't 100 percent contain this so i'm not taking a chance yeah like, exactly. it's gotta go That'll bring us to where we're going to pick up next week, which will be the final three episodes of the season. Like we said, it's a shorter season. Yep. Uh, so that'll be Dumb Patrol, and then the episode that was last week, I forget the name, and then the finale. Yep. Uh, so, and then, uh, so that'll bring us to um, what I imagine will be the conclusion of the Candlemaker story. I would um, think, yeah. Because what's interesting is this uh, this season hasn't had any Mr. Nobody yet. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it hasn't. I mean, I don't mind it. It's cool to like go to other stories and other characters. You don't yeah, have to for keep sure. joking the same pot, but yeah. I mean, I'd, I'm never going to count him out, though, because even in the comics... He shows up and they quote unquote defeat him, and then he shows back up again. Way later, so, yeah, yeah. He, I don't think it's it's pretty hard to co- completely get rid of Mister Nobody. He will show up again. I mean, they did kind of have like a funny hint to it. I don't know if it was in this episode. No, it's in Dumb Patrol. It was in yeah. Because we'll the beard maker week, ca- yeah. made an appearance again. Because yeah, we'll, we'll talk about hunter. it more next week. But he was like, yeah, he was in some other show, and then it shows the Harley Quinn. Yeah, the he was the Joker. Ad. Yeah. Yep. 
um, which also is a very good show. We'll probably cover that at some point, too. Mm-hmm. That, that Harley show is extremely good. And he plays a fantastic Joker. Hell yeah, it was, it's So great. he's a great Joker, a great Mr. Nobody. Like, fucking Alan Tudyk is amazing. No, I stand Alan Tudyk. I love him. Yeah, so I kind of wish he was in this, but I understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be uh, doing that Candlemaker stuff next week. Like I said, we're going to be covering uh, the final uh, six or seven issues of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. I have to see when that arc kind of starts, what a good pickup point is. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be covering that final... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it'd be like the last six issues. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, that final Candlemaker story and then the final issue of Graham Morrison's Doom Patrol just to close that out neatly with a nice little bow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next season, assuming hopefully all things good, that we get a season three of Doom Patrol, then we can go on to cover a little bit of the Rachel Pollock run, which yep. is very good, and then some of the Gerard Way run as well. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Yep, so we will see. I mean, either way, we'll get to it. We'll find an excuse to do it. You oh, know, we've, yeah, for we've sure. We've done dumber things. Definitely. So. <laughs> yeah, we've made a lot of bigger stretches. One time we did Klaus and we didn't even do an adaptation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Remember no. that? We were just like, let's just do the yeah, book. we'll do what we want, man. <laughs> yeah, we make the rules, damn it. <laughs> We're adults. Exactly. <laughs> Earlier today, I had cinnamon rolls for dinner because I'm an adult and I can make the decisions. I can't think of a more adult thing than I'm that. I'm not going to say they're good decisions, but <laughs> goddammit, I made them. Exactly. And I'm going to make the decision to end this episode. Oh, yes. Goodbye. <laughs>